There are many things that call for our attention in this world. There is even more so than in the past with all the electronics and other distractions we put in front of us. So with all of the things out there, what is your driving force, your promise that keeps you going? Hey, I'm Todd Sepulveda with Ready Your Future, and this is a Bible devotional with a preparedness application. Hey, we've been looking at the life of Abraham and Sarah and finally got to the point where the promise of their son, Isaac, was, you know, they were, he was born. But then we have a little bit of a conflict between Isaac, just kind of like we, you have with brothers, right? Isaac and Ishmael. But this one was uh, on a different level because they're coming from different mothers. And so we've already talked a little bit about Abraham's mistake uh, but we're going to go ahead and jump into this one because this takes it to a whole nother level. So we're going to be looking at Genesis chapter 21 verses 9 to 21. And so let's go ahead and jump into this one reading out of the New American Standard. Now Sarah saw the son of Hagar the Egyptian whom she had born to Abraham mocking. Therefore she said to Abraham, drive out this maid and her son for the son of this maid shall not be an heir with my son Isaac. The matter distressed Abraham greatly because of his son. But God said to Abraham, Do not be distressed because of the lad and your maid. Whatever Sarah tells you, listen to her, for through Isaac your descendants shall be named. And of the son of the maid I will make a nation also, because he is your descendant. So Abraham rose early in the morning and took bread and a skin of water and gave them to Hagar, putting them on her shoulder, and gave her the boy and sent her away. And she departed and wandered about in the wilderness of Beersheba. When the water in the skin was used up, she left the boy under one of the bushes. Then she went and sat down opposite him about a bow shot away, for she said, Do not let me see the boy die. And she sat opposite him and lifted up her voice and wept. God heard the lad crying, and the angel of God called to Hagar from heaven and said to her, What is the matter with you, Hagar? Do not fear, for God has heard the voice of the lad where he is. Arise, lift up the lad, and hold him by the hand, for I will make a great nation of him." Then God opened her eyes and she saw a well of water and she went and filled the skin with water and gave the lad a drink. God was with the lad and he grew and he lived in the wilderness and became an archer. He lived in the wilderness of Paran and his mother took a wife for him from the land of Egypt. So let's go ahead and look into this just a little bit more. Ishmael was about 14 years old or maybe a little older at this time. I know the, the, the word says lad, but we know this because when Abraham is given the covenant of circumcision, the Bible tells us that he was 99 years old and Ishmael was 13. So we know in, we know in Genesis chapter seven, 17, verses 23 to 25, it says this, Abraham took Ishmael, his son, and all the servants who were born in his house and all who were brought, bought with his money every male among the men of Abraham's household and circumcised the flesh of their foreskin in, the, in that very day, as God had said to him. Now Abraham was 99 years old when he was circumcised in the flesh of his foreskin, and Ishmael his son was 13 years old when he was circumcised in the flesh of his foreskin. So if Abraham was 100 years old when he had Isaac, then Ishmael had to be a year older, right? So he's 13, 14, 15, around there, right? So the idea when Abraham says to you know, to, uh, to Hagar, Hey, you need to, you need to, you need to get out. Right. He gives her some water. He gives her some bread. Uh, it's hard to imagine that he didn't give her any money or anything like that. Maybe some servants are like, Hey, let me help you get, get to a certain place. But he had the promise from God is like, Hey, don't worry. He, you know, Ishmael is going to be taken care of because he's your descendant. 
And sometimes we can look at Sarah and say, man, she was really mean, but you know, it's just, it was one of those things. And again, God was involved in this. God had a hand in this where he was taking care of Hagar, taking care of Ishmael. So they're going, and even though God, you know, God has that promise and God has said, said it, and he, and he made it known to Abraham for Hagar going through it, it was, it was rough. You're leaving, and you're leaving everything you've known. You've got a kid. You're not on your own. You've got a little bit of bread. You've got some water. You've run out of the water, and you have no idea where the next drink is going to come from. So she puts the, the lad, which again, I think he's probably 13, 14 years old around here, says, hey, you need to sit here, and I'm going to go over there. And she, she starts crying, and I'm assuming, you know, if you're 13, 14, 15 years old, you're hearing your mom cry, he starts crying, and God hears all of that. And so maybe she was dealing with depression. Maybe she didn't see a way out. She had lost all of her hope. But whatever it was, you know, they're crying and God comes through for her. Now, it's important that it's, it's not because of Hagar again. I mean, God is merciful. God loves everyone. But one of the reasons why this, was, this went down this way, it was because of the promise of God to Abraham that all his descendants were blessed. Now, remember, Abraham took, took it upon his own hands you know, listening to his wife to have Hagar as, uh, you know, as a, as a stand-in for his wife to have a, a child through, through her. And that was something that was done in those days. But then later on, Sarah, you know, she realized that that was not the, the right thing and she had some bitterness there. So all of this thing, you know, kind of plays out. But I, I love what, what we have here in Genesis chapter 17, right? Um, as for Ishmael, I have heard you. Genesis chapter 17, again, when God is talking to Abraham, so, you know, Abraham, God tells Abraham that, hey, you're going to be blessed. All the, the nations are going to be blessed because of you. And he says, okay, yeah, I got Ishmael. And the, but God comes back and he says, as for Ishmael in verse 20, chapter 17, verse 20, I've heard you. Behold, I will bless him and will make him fruitful and will multiply him exceedingly. He shall become the father of 12 princes and I will make him a great nation. But my covenant I will establish with Isaac, whom Sarah will bear to you at this season next year. So again, you know, we, we know the story. We know that Sarah eventually becomes pregnant and, and, and they're a lot older, but they're able to have, have children and God, his promises come true for, uh, for Abraham and for Sarah. Every single one. God keeps all of his promises. So the promises of blessings, and it's also important to remember that God also comes through with his promises of curses as well. So one of the, one of the, the chapters of the Bible that I think everybody should read over and over again is Deuteronomy chapter 28. And this is Moses, and God gives them the blessings and the curses to read to the children of Israel so that they would understand and they're supposed to relay them. It's really interesting that there's a very there's a lot of promises and the promises are great, but there's a lot more curses. So God has given them promises if they live in obedience. And here's the thing, God never he never abandons his promise. And so I'm going to show that to you. So I'm going to go to Genesis chapter 28 verses 49 to 53, just a few verses here. The Lord will bring a nation against you from afar. These are the part of the curses, right? So the, the blessings are up above uh, in chapter 28. Now, I'm, some of the curses, but I'm, I'm pointing this out specifically for you. 
So if they become disobedient, this, was, this is one of the things that will happen. The Lord will bring a nation against you from afar, from the end of the earth, as the eagle swoops down, a nation whose language you shall not understand, a nation of fierce countenance who will have no respect for the old, nor show favor to the young. Moreover, it shall eat the offspring of your herd and the produce of your ground until you are destroyed. Who also leaves you no grain, new wine, or oil, nor the increase of your herd or the young of your flock until they have caused you to perish. It shall besiege you in all your towns until you, to your high and fortified walls in which you trusted, come down throughout your land. And it shall besiege you in all your towns throughout your land, which the Lord your God has given you. Then you shall eat, listen, you shall eat the offspring of your own body the flesh of your sons and of your daughters, whom the Lord your God has given you during the siege and the distress by which your enemy will oppress you. Man, that's a serious curse, right? And you're listening to that and you're like, man, that's, that's, really, that's really crazy. So if, that is, if God never abandons his promises, whether there's promises of blessing or promises of curses, we really need to make sure that we don't go down this road because eventually we don't want to eat the flesh of our sons and of our daughters. But the promise, the but the problem is, is that the children of Israel get very stubborn, and just like we get very stubborn as well. So later on in the siege of uh, Israel, when the Assyrians come and they they you know they destroy and they exile Israel, we read in Second Kings chapter six, verse twenty six to twenty nine, as the king of Israel was passing by on the wall, a woman cried out to him saying, "Help me, O Lord, O King." He said, "If the Lord does not help you." From where shall I help you? From the threshing floor or from the winepress? And the king said to her, What is the matter with you? And she answered, This woman said to me, Give your son that we may eat him today, and we will eat my son tomorrow. So we boiled my son and ate him, and I said to her on the next day, Give your son that we may eat him, but she has hidden her son. I mean, that's kind of messed up. I mean, messed up, right? And we have the same kind of thing that happened later on in the fall of uh, Judah. So, you know, the, the kingdom of Israel splits after uh, Solomon, so, you know, Solomon's son, Rehoboam, um, because he doesn't, you know, he doesn't listen and he listens. He doesn't listen to his father's advisors who sat under the most wise king ever. You know, he listens to his own friends. And so he, you know, he ticks off the people of Israel. And so the Northern kingdom breaks off and you have the Southern kingdom, the Northern kingdom, they start worshiping other idols, and eventually they get exiled and conquered by Assyria. Later on, the southern kingdom, which makes up Judah, or you know, the tribe of Judah and some of Benjamin, they get conquered by Babylon. So there's a siege that's going on, and we read in Lamentations, written by Jeremiah, it says this in Lamentations chapter 4, verse 10, the hands of compassionate woman boiled their own children, they became food for them because of the destruction of the daughter of my people. Man, that's nuts right? So the important thing for any believer is to know that the word of, what the Word of God says and to know the promises of God. And so what do you focus on? Where you put your focus on will help you know what to expect and will help you know the promises of God. For the believer, this is the application. There's no option than to be in the Word of God daily. Daily, right? 
We have a lot of options today. We've got big Bibles. We've got small Bibles. We've got giant print Bibles. We have easy reading versions. You know, we've got paraphrase. We've got uh, versions that are word for word. We have uh, versions that they'll call, uh, you know, optimized versions, optimal versions, kind of like uh, the Holman Christian Standard Bible that tries to do the best of both paraphrase, but also uh, give you, uh, you know, a word for word. We've got Braille for people who can't, who can't uh, see. We've got audio Bibles for people that can't read. We've got online Bibles with plenty of helps. There's no excuse nowadays for people to not read the Word of God, for believers to not read the Word of God, and to know the promises that God says are for His people when you read those. Now, one of the things that we should always do is when we read the Bible, we need to ask the Holy Spirit to illuminate God's word to us. So we shouldn't just open it up and read. It's like, you know, say a little prayer. God, as it, Father, as, as I read this, you read your word, you know, help me through the Holy Spirit to understand what I'm reading. You know, illuminate to illuminate your word to me. So you should you should have a daily devotional of reading time with the with the Bible. And we, you know, we give our, our time to so many things nowadays. We give our time to uh, you know, watching television and even, you know, reading preparedness articles and all that, you know, all the other things that are out there. We need to make sure that we don't neglect reading God's word. But then what is for those of you who maybe are not believers, what is the preparedness application here? So the question is, are you married? Do you have children? So you have a responsibility. You've made a promise to someone else. So if it's, if it's a, you know, a spouse, if it's children, maybe it's the parents, maybe it's the other people, you might have a responsibility to other people. You made a promise to them. So when you prep, you're honoring that promise to be there and to care for them, even during an emergency, to help them with food and help them with water and help them with, you know, get through that emergency. Maybe it's just helping them navigate it, you know, mentally and emotionally. And this is the big reason why preparedness is more than a fad for many people. You know, for, for those who, who come into preparedness and, you know, maybe they've read a book or they saw a movie, they heard a podcast, someone talked to them and like, oh man, you know, uh, I'm going to go out and get prepared. I'm going to be a prepper. And, or they, you know, they, they come in through the, the gateway drug of gardening or firearms or whatever. Eventually that's going to fade away. Eventually it's not that big of a deal, but when you truly get a grasp of I'm doing this because I'm, I want to be there. I want to prep because I want to be there for my kids. How many, how many people have I heard of, heard from in the past where they realize, you know, they've, they've got older kids and maybe even grandchildren and they know that they're not prepping. They've talked to them about prepping. They, they realize that they probably should prep, but they don't prep. And so as parents, they're like, I'm, I'm prepping because I know that they're not going to prep. I know that they're going to come over to my house when the poop hits the fan. And so I just know that I'm going to need to prepare for them. And there's that promise that, you, that you've made to them. And maybe you haven't spoken it, but you have that in your heart, right? And, and you have that in your mind, that I have people that I care about, and so I'm prepping so that I can be there for them. You know, And, and I want to keep that promise to be there for them. All right, a couple of applications for you there. Uh, let me go ahead and pray with you. Father, I just pray for my preparedness friends, and I pray for those that are Bible believers and those that um, you know understand your promises and that your promises are, are yes and amen and, and real. And I pray, Lord, that they would have a desire to read your word, to get into the word daily, to understand the promises that you have for them, Lord, and, and uh, that they would uh, take that very serious. And I pray for my, my other friends who maybe are not believers, Lord. I, I do pray that they would come to an understanding of who you are, 
But I pray, Lord, that, um, and I thank you, that preparedness is not just a fad for them, that it is something more important and that it is something that uh, they've made a promise, maybe just to themselves in their heart, in their mind, but a promise to help other people uh, when, when things get bad. So we thank you for that, Lord. We pray for your blessings. We pray for your help and your understanding. And we pray to the, the ability to navigate this crazy world that we live in. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey guys, if you're looking for more spiritual resources or things to help build your faith, I've got some of those for you in the description of this podcast. With that, I'm gonna go ahead and end it there. Have a great week. God bless you. We'll catch you on the next one. Peace.